0: The end of our plume. Watch the spinning wheel, ladies and gentlemen. And there it goes. There it goes. Round and round. Round and oh, that's enough. Right, um, black 17. Now, let's see what we've got here. Um, okay. Uh, oh, now, black 90. Oh, oh, close. Oh, that's very close, isn't it? Black 90. Oh. Oh, look, don't tell anyone, but I I really think that's close enough as to make no difference. (laughs) Paying out on Black 19. There we are. No, 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 my pleasure, my pleasure. I mean, otherwise it's all so horribly Darwinian, this, isn't it? Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss. Episode 3, Eyes Down...
1: Ask most people what they remember of the 1950s, and they will say, Oh, I'll never forget crowding into Aunt Florrie's house to watch the coronation around a four-inch screen television. <laughs> and that's all they can remember about the old flaming decade. And what a shame that is. I mean, the 1950s were really exciting. The stiletto heel... Crick and Watson, Christie, The End of Rationing, Lots of Hangings of Innocent People. What I remember myself, of course, is mainly Inspector Steen of the Brighton Constabulary. Partly because Inspector Steen of the Brighton Constabulary expected very much to be remembered.
0: Like many a working policeman, I am often required to examine the laws of probability. To ask myself, I say, just because Johnny Willem was in the vicinity of this crime doesn't mean he was involved in it, does it?
1: Law and the Little Man, his series of talks was called. It was on every Sunday.
0: You see, what a policeman so often has to ask himself is, what are the chances of coincidence? You can't arrest a person just for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, can you? The law would look very silly if you did that too often. So let me tell you a few facts about probability. Did you know, for example, that if just four people are in the same room, I I think I got this right, uh, there is a 100% chance that they will all share the same birthday? (laughs) Well, try it out on your immediate family, and I think you'll be amazed put seven monkeys in a room with typewriters and within a week. All of them will have typed out the Vagrancy Act of 1842, including the famous misprint in subsection 28, clause 13.
2: Oh, oh Sergeant Brunswick, you look a bit tired, dear. Oh, am,
1: uh, Mrs. Groynes.
2: <sighs> But tea, dear.
1: Cheers, Mrs. G.
2: You've been slaving away at that Black Cat Casino all night, undercover again, I'll wager, or I'm not riding this rally racing bike up a one-in-five hill. I suppose you still haven't told the inspector.
1: I can't face it, Mrs. G, you know what he's like.
2: Well, he's going to guess sooner or later, dear, when you spend all day asleep at your desk with a long curly wig in your pocket and a stack of chips in your hand and only ask the name of Tony. <laughs> What's it all aid of, dear? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. I said, what? it all in eight of there. That's what I'd like to
1: know. Oh, well, that's nice of you, Mrs. Grimes, but you wouldn't be interested. And of course, technically speaking, I shouldn't oh, go... Oh,
2: that's all right, dear. I understand. I'm just a silly old child lady who never hurt a fly, dear.
1: <coughs> oh, Mrs. Grimes. No,
2: no, no. I understand. And let's face it, dear, all this sitting around jawing won't get England historically winning back the ashes from the Australians after 20 years by a mere eight wickets, will it? I suppose not. It won't get Crick and Watson's momentous discovery of deoxyribonuclear acid driven into the collective memory either, will it, eh? All this standing around jawing in fact is a complete waste of time. Look,
1: if I tell
2: you, you won't go and... Who am I going to tell, dear? Oh, and don't say anything to anybody. I saved you a dish of pink blancmange,
1: dear. Oh, Mrs. Grimes, thank you. Look, the reason I'm at the casino... This is lovely, Mrs. Grind. <laughs> Got a really thick skin and everything. Look. Mm.
2: So, the reason you're at the casino... Right, yes. Yeah. Oh.
1: The reason I'm at the casino is that... Oh, what, what, what shall I do with this?
2: I'll take that
1: <laughs> Right. The reason I'm at the casino is... I think it's the current whereabouts of a villain called Fat Victor. Oh, my God. Oops. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> He's back in Brighton. Oh, my
2: God.
1: According to my sources, he hit town in the Maroon Lagonda last Wednesday. Are you all right, Mrs. Groins?
2: Oh, me dear, I'm as right as rain, dear. Uh, that who, did you say? Victor. In what got sprung from Pentonville a month ago last Tuesday at six o'clock in the morning, where he was on (laughs) remand and disappeared right off the face of the earth before any of his underworld enemies could get to him to rub him out? That's him. What held Brighton's crime world and his evil icy grit for two decades yeah. before the war, never letting the younger talent get a start, uh, not even on the bench shooting galleries or the seafront photographer scams? Uh, Ibu's been told in no uncertain terms never to show his face again in Brighton.
1: Yeah. Do you know him, Mrs. Grimes?
2: No, dear. I've never heard of him. Another cup of tea, dear? Oh,
1: yes, please. Anyway, I'm sure he's back in Brighton and I'm pretty sure he's being shielded at the black cat.
2: In your opinion, Sergeant Brunswick, this fat victor, is he Brighton's mysterious Mr. Big? Mrs. Groins,
1: I think he is. So if you could... We him. could pin everything on him, everything from the past 30 years.
2: I think it's time you had some help, dear.
1: Oh, here's Constable Twitten. Now, not a word about fat victor, Mrs. Groins. Twitten can be very hurtful on the subject of my grasp of criminal structures of command.
3: Yeah. Plus he's right, little clever dick, of course. Well, that doesn't help, I agree. Twitten, sir, sir. I've just found out that the bank next door. Goulds? Yes, sir. I've just found out that Goulds, next door, is going to be unguarded and extremely vulnerable this Sunday morning between three o'clock and half past. Oh, so, who told you this, Twitten? I was told in the strictest confidence by the manager himself, sir. But I can't help worrying, sir. How do we keep such sensitive information within these four walls until the danger has passed? Oh, gosh. I see by your obvious fatigue and strange fake sideburns, you're still going undercover at the Black Cat Casino. Any sign of fat victory yet, sir?
0: And another thing, you see, just in the one crime area in Brighton, we've noticed that every time there's a serious incident, the station Char lady is spotted in the area, sometimes within about 50 yards. I mean, that's not within the laws of probability, is it? Not in a town of a 100,000 people. And look at me. My father was a policeman, and now I'm a policeman. He was called Steen, and so am I. And not only that, we also have the same first name. <laughs> oh, come in. Sir? Ah, Twitten, Clever Dick Twitten. <laughs> How's the cleverness today? Fairly robust, I think, sir. Oh, good. Uh, now, uh, listen, a couple of things have come to my attention, Twitten. First, some long-haired ruffian is sleeping at Sergeant Brunswick's desk. I want you to find out who he is and what he's doing here. That's Sergeant Brunswick, sir. What? He's been doing undercover work at the Black Cat Club. Oh, not again. You do know he just likes dressing up. I do hope that thought has at some point
3: occurred to you. He's on the verge of nailing Fat Victor, sir, the most notorious villain Brighton ever produced. Though sadly not Brighton's current criminal mastermind, so the operation is largely pointless. Hmm. Fat Victor is known for his thuggery, but not his cunning, sir. Whoever is currently masterminding operations in Brighton is far, far wilier than Fat Victor could ever be. Mm. And it's probably, at my own educated guess, not even Fat. I see. Fat who, did you say? Victor, sir. Uh, Yeah, well, be that as it may, the other thing is this,
0: and it's very serious, young man, so I'm not going to beat about the bush, I'll come straight to it. Cards on the table. I hear you've been criticising the station's integrity, Twitten. Me, sir? Never, sir. I may have mentioned that no-one likes a clever dick, Twitten. More than once, sir.
3: So, what's all this about ghouls next door? Oh, I see, sir. It's just that I've noticed a pattern, sir. It's quite amusing, in a way. I've noticed that whenever we hear, in complete professional confidence, that there's a flaw in someone's security, sir, Mm -hmm. their premises are somehow infallibly targeted by villains unknown. So, when I discovered that Gould's Bank next door will be without security this weekend, sir, I just happened to avert... Oh,
0: yes. What did you just happen to
3: avert, Witten? I just happened to avert... ...and, well, that, that it's now more or less guaranteed to be knocked over. I don't like this, Triton. No, sir, but but are you saying that the tobacconist in St Peter's place wasn't raided during the 15 minutes in 25 years that it was vulnerable, I, sir? I, I'm saying that if it was, Twitten, it was a coincidence. No one knew but us, sir.
2: Exactly my point.
3: Have a tea, Inspector. Oh, thank you. So, what's the problem with Gould's twitten? Oh, Gary Borders. Well, men are coming to remove the alarm system no. and are due to finish by 3am. Oh. The people who are installing the new one will not arrive until at least half past 3. Oh, really? It's serious, sir. Due to delays on the London Road yesterday, Gould's will be holding the entire payroll for the Gatwick operation. Something like a hundred thousand pounds in untraceable notes and coins. Yes, 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 yes. And what's more, sir, they are leaving the side door unlocked so that anyone can walk in. Fairy cake, Inspector. Oh, thank you, lovely. Sir, I would like to suggest that we personally guard Gould's bank mm. on Saturday night, sir.
0: Mm. Oh, sorry, sir. Can I help you? Well, it, it, it's me, sir. Oh, Brunswick. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um. Oh, anyway, good job you're here. Now, I never thought I'd say this, but what are you doing on Saturday night? I mean, largely pointlessly undercover-wise.
1: Well, I'll be at the Black Cat, sir. Hmm. Establishing that it's the current whereabouts of a villain called Fat Victor. Well, don't tell me you're actually interested, sir. Uh, how far is the Fat Cat
0: from Gord's Bank? It's nowhere near it, sir. And will this operation take all night? Probably, sir. So in that case, we're all going. What? what? Well, not his groins, obviously.
2: Oh, won't that be nice? Bit of company for the sergeant, for yeah, one. Yeah,
0: that's right. We're all going. You, me,
3: Triton. Sir, but,
2: but what about the bank? No,
0: no, I've made up my mind. I've never been to a casino, Brunswick. Oh,
3: no. But, sir...
0: Oh, Triton in Musty. <laughs> it's almost unimaginable. <laughs> all
1: right, so, um, do you want another card? That's right, sir, when I say twist. You've got three there already. Yeah, I know that, sir, but they only add up to 14. Right,
0: right, of course. Um, and so I want
1: another one because I want to be as close to 21 as possible
0: without going over 21. No, no, no you see, I don't go along with you there, Brunswick. I
3: mean, wouldn't that be pushing your luck?
0: I mean, the next card might be a 6 or a 7, but it might equally be a 9 or a 10. Do you follow? I mean, as a croupier, surely, it's incumbent on me to point out that sort of Unacceptable risk. Oh, look, let, let, let me
1: explain again about going undercover, oh, sir. Take that tone with me, Brunswick. It, it's Tony,
0: sir. I'm Tony, and you're Geraldo. Yeah, that's another thing. Do I look
3: like a Geraldo? Oh, thank goodness, he's tripping with the ice creams. <clears throat> we played happy families at school, sir, uh, so I think I have the basic idea. Mm. Besides, I'm not supposed to be any good at gambling, am I? What role did you say I was playing, the patty? The patsy. The
1: patsy. Look, please don't take this the wrong way, but I think I might be better off on my own. Why don't you two stay behind and guard Gould? Because there is no reason to do that, Sergeant. It's at the bank robbery. I wasn't
0: speaking to you, Triton.
1: But going undercover, sir, I don't understand. You've always been so dead set against it. And look, we have to take
0: Triton's mind off that blasted bank. That's one thing. And I believe you said that if we catch that Victor, we can pin virtually every Brighton crime on him from the past 30 years? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, then, plenty of reason there, I'd say, for me suddenly deciding out of the blue after all these years to to go undercover. Absolutely, D- sir. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, um, do you, do, um... <coughs> do you know what Mrs Groydon said to me this afternoon, Brunswick? What, sir? Um, a bit mysterious and uh curiously hurtful. We need to tell no, me. No, I'm just asking myself whether this undercover thing was the right course of action. And um Well, you know Mrs. Groynes, what she's like. Good-hearted, loyal. Makes jolly good cups of tea. Makes excellent cups of tea. A bit like a cheerful Cockney char lady in a film, I always think. You're right, sir. Anyway, she said that possibly the reason I don't want you to operate alone undercover to catch a notorious Brighton villain is not that I fear for your safety or have philosophical objections. It's that I'm afraid you will succeed. I mean... Does that make any sense to you? Oh, I, I think oh, I... I can... wasn't asking you to and I was asking Tony here. It makes no sense at all, does it, Tony? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, how long you been doing this then, mate? This underworld bodyguard, Bouncer Lark. No, not that there's any harm in it. They can't get you for it, eh? Them... Them Rossers. Them peelers, eh? Them gendarmes. (laughs) Don't half talk a lot of pongos. um... Oh, sorry, mate. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I I was just thinking, though... Oh, Gordon Bennett, I'll do you in a minute. No, no, I, I was just thinking... That last bloke who went in a minute ago, he reminded me a bit of Fat Victor. Mm. But isn't he, you know, in the slammer, up the pokey, round the houses, (laughs) down the clink?
0: I'll take another card, sir. Are you sure? You've already bet 75 pounds on this, Twitten. I got it from petty cash, sir. Oh, well, fair enough. You ready? Yes, sir. It just occurs
3: to me, Twitten. What, sir? Uh, Perhaps you shouldn't be calling me sir all the time. What do you think? Gosh, sir, you may be right. I'll have another card, if you please. Very good,
0: Twitner. Oh, thank you, sir. And here it is. Oh! Oh, I'm sorry. (sighs) Oh, look, eight of diamonds, you see? Making twenty-four. Oh, dear. Do you know that's been happening all evening? People who play this are insane, Twitner. I haven't
3: paid up once in four hours. I had one man in tears. How did you get on with the roulette, sir? I thought you had more of a natural aptitude for that.
0: Uh, thank you, Twitten, but uh, they took me off it. I don't know why. I only bent the rules a tiny bit, give the poor idiot gambler more of a sporting chance. Uh, Sergeant
3: Brunswick is approaching, sir. Oh. And it's coming up at 3 a.m. It's time we uh, did the thing as planned. Right, yes. Um, <laughs> r- our blue eyes down. Housey, housey. Where is he? Behind you. Ready, sir. Mm. Sir, you're supposed to hit me. I know, I know then Sergeant Brunswick can spring into action and march us to the office, and we can fling off our disguises and arrest Fat Victor. I know. All right. Quickly, sir. Uh, I'd just like you to know I was never very comfortable with this part of the plan, Twitten. Thank you, sir.
0: right. Excuse me, sir, but I won't take that kind of smutty talk even from a boy from Lansing College. I am a family man despite my exotic gigolo-type name. Take that! Oh, oh my God! Oh, my. I'm so sorry. What? What's going on here? He hit me. He really oh. hit me. Oh God! I'm so sorry.
1: Oh. Do something! I'm um. very sorry, sir. What a uh. terrible thing to happen! I can quite understand why you're demanding <laughs> to see the manager immediately. Oh, oh. oh.
3: Yes, you're right. Uh, that's right. I demand to see the manager. Oh yes. Oh. Stop Oh no! Everything's
1: under control. Mm. Thank you. This new croupier has assaulted one of the patrons. <clears throat> I'm highly regrettable, of course, but I'm sure the manager can smooth. Things out so if you'll just point the way to the office. Oh, this way is it, Right, Thank right, right, you.
0: Right. Oh, that really hurt
4: my hand. What? Down here. Hold on, mate. What? Your shoelace is undone.
1: Oh, is it? Oh! <laughs> What'd you do that for,
4: mate? You think I'm thick or something? He ain't no croupier, son. Isn't he? I mean, ain't he? Nah, (laughs) he's a copper, son, and so are you. (laughs) And so's his little toffee nose bleeder and (laughs) all.
1: It was three o'clock when they bundled us with disproportionate roughness, I might add, into Fat Victor's office. Oh,
0: Oh, careful. (laughs) Oh! Ow! Actually, it is quite nice to sit down, though, isn't it? (sighs) Is this all part of the plan, Brunswick?
1: (sighs) Elsewhere in Brighton, all was peaceful, except at Gould's, where precisely on the stroke of three...
2: Right. All right, boys. The coasts are clear.
1: Unfortunately, in our detailed planning of the night's operation, the Inspector and I had never fully discussed what we were to do in the eventuality of our being discovered.
2: Right, you got the sacks? Yeah, We've got twenty-eight minutes. Uh, so yeah.
0: That's the bank Jimmy! This way! <laughs>
1: Things were not looking good at all. As we sat tied to the chairs, one of Fat Victor's men started to mix concrete in the corner. While another was collecting buckets and taking our shoes off. And it was really Really awful. I've got
4: a preference of piers, gents, for being chucked off to your watery grave.
0: Look, I, I need to know, are you serious? The thing is, I'm expected for the BBC in ten hours' time. Don't mix that too wet, son. We've got to get him in the briny by our passport. four. Oh. Brunswick, this man appears to be serious. <laughs> Look,
1: you. I'd like to suggest, sir, uh, that Constable Twitten be the one to choose which pier. I think that would be the least we could do when none of this was his idea, sir.
0: Well, it's his fault we're here.
1: Oh, sir, that's not fair, sir. Well, either way, he's only 22, sir. You mean we're actually going to die? Yes, sir. Oh, come on. You don't have a plan? No, sir.
3: Sorry, sir. I think, on balance, I prefer the West.
4: Here. Good choice, son. Fewer people about. Now. We'll just take off the police boots. Bit we'll of never give away these, if you don't mind me mentioning it. That's right. And now
0: just stand up in this bucket. Oh. Oh, oh dear. Twitten. I'm all right, sir. Look, you do know this young man is a policeman.
3: And killing him is a highly serious offence.
0: I don't know if any of you have actually
3: seen the blue lamp. Sir, but... sir, this is really the end of my career, sir. The end of my life. I, I'd just like to say that my four months in the police service have been spiffing, sir. Absolutely spiffing. This concrete is already beginning to set. This is all my fault. Don't think that way, sir. You're so young. Oh, no.
4: Listen, Mush. If we wanted a cry, we'd go and see National Velvet.
3: Take this one out. Uh, oh. Twitten. Goodbye, sir. Shame about the bank robbery. What? Just think... That victor will probably get the blame for that as well as for killing us.
4: What's he on about? All right. Come on, Tony. Hop in. Lovely. Now, Geraldo, whatever your name is, your turn.
0: All right. So, uh, this is the end. Good heavens. (laughs) Uh, I'd always imagined... Well, I don't know... A bath chair and a view of the sea. Gulls. Wheeling. <laughs> it is all a bit ironic. Tritton's right. Nice socks, mate. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I think you should
1: explain the irony to our friend here, sir. The irony of the bank robbery taking place at this very minute. Oh, I don't think it'd be worth it, do you? It might
0: be worth a try, Sir. Hmm. Well, Well, I suppose it is ironic that here we are, Fat Victor's alibi, and he's going to kill us and get the job pinned on him. I, for one, find that very ironic, sir. Aye, well, so do I, but I don't think this chap will be interested, would he? What bank robbery is that, then? Oh, well, look, it's, um... Oh, look, it's probably nothing. There's a bank raid at Gould's next to the police station, between 3 and 3.30. Enormous amounts of money involved. It's got Fat Victor's name all over it. What? Well, you know, to be honest, I kept saying, no, no, Mr. Clever Dick Twitten, the odds are against it. Why should it always be the case that when it comes to our attention that some premises are unguarded for a period of 30 minutes, they're automatically robbed? <laughs> oh dear, I'll bet you anything you like that there's a robbery happening there this minute. <laughs> uh, in the morning there'll be an empty vault and three missing police officers who've gone to their deaths, <laughs> gone to their deaths, knowing only that Fat Victor wasn't involved because he was here now at the time of the crime, having us murdered. <laughs> Oh, isn't that right, Sergeant? Poor, fat Victor. No, I wouldn't go that far, Brunswick. He's a notoriously vicious villain, by all accounts. Uh, Well, here we go, then. Uh. Oh, that's cold. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Brunswick. That's quite nice, in a way.
1: Well... I feel terrible, sir.
0: Really? Hmm, well, that's quite a small bucket, you see. You're probably on tiptoe in
1: now, there. No, w- what I meant was, I feel terrible for Fat Victor, really? gaining three murders and losing an alibi while a rival gang gets away with all the loot. That's the sort of thing it's pretty hard to live down when you're a
0: master criminal. Um, you know, i always supposed that they did this concreting thing nearer to the murder scene, but well, you live and learn. <laughs> or perhaps you don't. <laughs> um, I, 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 what's up with this chap? Why's he keep... You know, what's that about? Um,
4: <clears throat> wait here.
0: I've got to see Fat Victor. Sir, hmm? that was brilliant. Was it? You may have saved our lives, sir. Really? Huh. Well, I don't know how. What does he mean, wait here?
1: Never were three police officers happier to confirm that a bank situated right next door to the station had been efficiently cleaned out between three and half past on a Sunday morning when they A. had good reason to expect a crime and B. were deliberately elsewhere on a wild goose chase getting threatened with imminent extermination. Fat Victor, let us live, you see. While his men obligingly knocked the concrete off, it emerged that luckily for us, if there was one thing he hated more than an undercover copper, it was getting the blame for every crime done in Brighton since 1938. You want to get the real Mr. Big, he kept saying, and also you want to look closer to home. But, unfortunately, that was all he was prepared to say.
3: Good morning, Mrs. Groynes.
2: Oh, Constable Twitten, you do look tired, dear. How did the undercover operation go? Did you get that, what's his name, dear? Whatever his name is, whose name escapes me? Is that a black eye? Oh, well,
3: I never did. It was an eventful weekend, Mrs. Groynes.
2: Oh, cup of tea, dear. Yes, yes, please. Couple of slices. <laughs> Macaroon. <laughs> Oh, you have been in the wars, dear. Uh. Oh. Uh. Uh. There are some awful, awful people in the world, Mrs. Groynes. No, no, there aren't, dear. No, not really. I'm highly commendable. Well, we off oh, well, head well, on on a... Okay. Oh, morning, morning,
0: Mrs. Gwynns. Morning, Twitten. What's wrong with Twitten? Pull yourself together, lad. Yes, sir.
2: You seem in a good mood, Inspector. Did your broadcast go well, dear?
0: Very well, thank you. It was mainly about probability in the world of policing. It was quite technical, but I like to think enlivened by dramatic examples, general truths, and the odd spot of knock of dead humour. <laughs> I mean, look, just for the sake of argument, when's your birthday, Sergeant? I the first, sir. Really? I didn't know that. Why didn't I know that? No, well, look, I-, I think we're about to see something rather remarkable. My own birthday is February the 14th. Now, Twitten? October the 3rd, sir. Mrs. Groins?
2: September the 12th, dear.
0: Yeah, all right, we'll try something else. Um, uh, Mrs. Groins? Yes, dear? Tell us, just for the sake of argument, where you would have found yourself on Sunday morning between three and half past.
2: Three and half past... Three and half past? I wasn't 50 yards from this station, Inspector. Oh, you see, Brunswick, you see?
0: It's the same thing every time. <laughs> what are the odds against that? <laughs> In episode three of Inspector Steen by Lynn Frass, Inspector Steen was played by Michael Fenton-Stevens. Mrs. Groynes, Jan Ravens. Brunswick, John Ram. Twitten, Matt Green. Bouncer, Michael Roberts. Music was by Anthony May. The producer was Karen Rose. Inspector Steen was a sweet talk production for BBC Radio 4.
2: You can hear them, sorry you wish die. you can see them wink the other eye at the man who broke the bank you Monte Carlo.